This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the Onside Kick. Money is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the Mark Weber. Dub them ease. And we got some pretty big news here at MVP. Yeah. This is like good day. everyone in the comment section, I'm, I'm, you've got to do it. Right now, you have to congratulate Mark Weber because as of, shit, what was it? Sunday. Saturday or Sunday? Sunday. As of Sunday. Last Mark, Sunday. Last Sunday. To be specific. Mark is, can we say married man or is it just a uh, Well, I didn't, I'm, not, I'm not married yet. You're going to get married though yeah. to your girlfriend. It's a to be. Well, fiance now. Fiance now. See, yeah. see, I got I I've never mm-hmm. had this close of a friend get married, so I got to get up on all this lingo. Yeah, you got to know what's going on, and you got to learn the difference between fiance and fiance because there are two different words. One's a guy and exactly one's a girl, right? Yeah, the girl has two e's. The I, guy has one. Doesn't ours have an apostrophe? Or is both that have an accent. Uh, that's what I meant. Next, both get an accent, but for some reason, the lady version has Get's- two e's. So it's fiance and fiance. When you're talking about your lady fiance, you got to dub them ease. Yeah, well, Mark always dubs. Yeah, them I always dub them for you exactly. But I mean, just congratulations. Thank bud. you. It's a it's a huge step, and mm-hmm. I hope to one day follow in your great footsteps. We can't all be that lucky, Ricky. We can't all <laughs> yeah, be that lucky. We, we all can't be that lucky. And we all can't be that great dubbing mm-hmm. them ease exactly every time, but. We're continuing our divisional preview. Well, I'm continuing. Mark's just jumping on the bandwagon The good here stuff here. Because he missed the AFC North. It's fine. It's only the AFC North. Nothing that Mark really wanted to cry over. But you're jumping on to a good time because now we're continuing with the last North division mm-hmm. on the NFC side. This is how this is going to work. We're going to go through each of the teams, starting with the last place team. So that will be the Chicago Bears. Then we'll go all the way through the divisional rankings, talking about each team, and then at the end, kind of give our divisional predictions for what we think about the division as of right now, recording this podcast. And we're going to start with your Chicago Bears, Mark. Yeah, good and stuff, man. It's it's a big to me. I'm going to say it's a big year mm-hmm. for the Bears because you go out there and you add some key pieces. You add Akeem Hicks, defensive tackle. From the Patriots. You go out there and add a Danny Trevathan from the Denver Broncos, a Jarrell Freeman from the Colts. You go ahead and draft Leonard Floyd, trading up to go get him in a move that Bears fans were kind of iffy about at first. And it's to me, we've talked about it before. Rankins talked about it. This defense is going to be the lead thing to carry this team. And we've talked about this before, and this is the big question mark I think is going to be for the Bears, two question marks. Number one, is this going to be Alshon Jeffries last year in a Bear uniform? And number two, how are the Bears going to do without Matt Forte, who is now in jet green? Well, yeah, you're right in the fact that this is going to be back to the good old days of the Chicago Bears. Monsters Bear of down. the Midway. Yeah, exactly. Monsters of the Midway. Uh, we're all remembering our 85 Bears out there. So that's what we're shooting for. That's what we're aiming for. And that's what a guy like uh, Danny Trevathan recently talking about why he came to Chicago. That's one of the big reasons why he came to Chicago. Wasn't because his old head coach is now the head coach here, John right? Fox helps. Vic Fangio helps. Who doesn't want to play with you know Vic Fangio, especially if you're a linebacker? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but he, he was talking about how he he really wanted to be a part of something that you know that memorable, that big of a legacy. But I also like that he was talking about when uh, the Super Bowl winning Denver Broncos played the Chicago Bears and how the Chicago Bears gave that offense a lot of trouble. And he's like, man, if this team that's not that good can give our good offense that much trouble, I want to be part of that. Think about what they could do with me, basically. Exactly. Yeah, what can they do when I'm there, when I'm with Vic Fangio and John Fox Mm -hmm. again? So it's all about that, all about that defense. But to answer some of your questions, you can't let Alshon Jeffrey go anywhere. You just can't do it. And I know that I know that Ryan Pace doesn't like giving out these big contracts. But you can't do it because what just happened today, Ricky, the first day talked. Well, that too. But the first day of the mandatory minicamps, mm-hmm. Marquise Wilson has to leave early. What does this guy do? He gets hurt. He constantly gets hurt. And as long as Alshon Jeffrey's not also constantly getting hurt, because he did get hurt last year, as long as that's not a recurring situation, you got to have this guy. you got to have a number one. Even if he's not the number one and he's the number two because Kevin White's the number one, well, Kevin White's on a rookie contract. Mm-hmm. We can handle that. We can deal with that because then we can have – a number one and a number two that are both solid because Marquise Wilson's not going to be that guy because he just keeps getting hurt. However, Kevin White, and I know I'm probably jinxing this by saying it, but he's a guy coming off of an injury too, and we don't mm-hmm. know if, yeah, Bears fans are hoping that he's going to be able to have a, I'm going to call it a rookie season because he didn't play last year. He's able to come off of that injury and add something, but at the same time, you got to be thinking, man, I hope he doesn't re-injure something. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he... That's that's the thing that you're kind of nervous about, and that's just yet another reason why all Sean Jeffrey, we we need to have this guy around because we need to see mm-hmm. what those injury issues are going to be. Is that going to be a problem? Is it going to be you know an issue going forward to where Marquise Wilson's always out, Kevin White's always out? Well, and I mean, Alshon only played nine games last year. Exactly, so he was injured too. So it's just a big mystery because you need those guys. I mean, that's what the Chicago Bears were last year. They could have been a little bit of a better team. I mean, let's not get too excited. They were 6-10 and 10 for a reason. Mm-hmm. But they could have been a little bit better of a team. If Cutler had people to throw to. Yeah, he's throwing to a bunch of scrubs that he has no idea. I mean, that, that's basically what Cutler's done his entire career, throw to scrubs. Mm-hmm. But, and this year we don't have, you know, Matt Forte out there as the safety blanket. We also don't have Martellus Bennett to be a safety blanket. Mm-hmm. Jay Cutler liked him a lot. So it's going to be interesting. Um, but also to get to not having Matt Forte... You know, it's the gamble. You got to try and aim it to see, do we have more years out of this guy or is this decline going to start? You want to sell high on a guy that's doing well, mm-hmm. get out of there. Um, and I don't I don't know for sure if it's going to really be a sharp decline with Matt Forte over in New York. I think he'll be fine. But I don't necessarily disagree with saying, all right, at some point you do have to move on. Well, the, Let's do it. The way I kind of see it was... That Matt Forte, to me, you could tell that his time in Chicago was going to end sooner rather than later. Because one of the big things that we would always hear, you would always say, Brandon would always say, even Sean would say it, all you Bears fans, is it kind of seemed like Matt Forte had a lot to complain about. Where it was kind of like, I don't like how they're using me in the offense, but I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah. Oh, I want to be and that a was, rusher, that was a not a pass theme. catcher. Every year, Matt Forte had something to complain about. And it's eventually where it's like, fuck it. You know what? We're just going to get rid of you, and we'll have this young kid, Langford, come in. He might not be as good as you, 
but at least he doesn't complain. Mm-hmm. And you even have, you know, every year it seems like the, at least lately, the Bears have been going and getting running backs in the mm-hmm. draft. And getting guys they got one to this try year and too be a committee. Howard. Yep, exactly. Getting guys to try and be that running back by committee. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a thing in New York if Matt Forte is going to keep talking. But he's an interesting guy because every year he talks and every year he complains. But then he goes out there and he plays. And he just gets over it. However, in New York, and I know this is a little off topic, but I'm going to bring it up anyways, is do you think being back with a guy like Brandon Marshall, who they were on the same team together, could help? I don't know if it would help or not, because he was in Chicago for such a long time with a lot of great players and still found something to complain about. So, I don't know. Maybe it was just all that time around Lance Briggs, Mm -hmm. because he did the same thing back in the day. Briggs liked to complain, too, but it was Jordan Howard, who I was talking about, the running back out of Indiana, the Bears even got... This year, but to go back, I want to go back to Alshon a little bit because I want to read the comments that he said today when he was asked because the two sides, him and Pace and the Bears, have until July 15th. That's the deadline to get a deal done before it's like, fuck it, you're either signing the tender or you're a free agent. Um, What he said today was a long-term deal is the goal, but that's between pace and my agent it really doesn't matter to me like i said that situation will take care of itself i'm here to play football and to focus on football and the big thing for alshon just as a player i'm not saying him for the bears just him for himself the big thing he needs to do this year is stay healthy because because if he's not able him and the bears aren't able to get a deal done if he's going to go somewhere else, and I kind of feel weird, we're in a preview setting, and I'm already talking about the guy maybe leaving. But if he goes to leave, he's got to be able to say, "Hey, I played all 16 games." Yeah, exactly. You you don't want to go because you're not going to get that big contract, and then you might as well have stayed mm-hmm. and gotten whatever you could have. Uh, you know, but this is the same situation that I look at uh, to talk about once again the Super Bowl champions, the Denver Broncos. I view it. Not exactly the same caliber, but the same situation as Von Miller. We know the deal's going to get done. We know it's going to happen. We just got to wait and be patient. It's probably going to be last minute. Mm-hmm. This is something I feel very confident that Ryan Pace and Alshon Jeffrey, you know, his camp, they're going to get this deal done because they have to. Just like the Denver Broncos, they can't lose Von Miller. The Chicago Bears cannot lose Alshon Jeffrey. We went years and years and years without a reliable now, target out there. Here's the question. Does Kevin White's performance this year, is it one of those things where if Kevin White performs out of his mind, can you as a Bears fan then say, well, okay, Alshon can walk because Kevin White can be the number one now based off of what we saw this season. That is if he performs well mm-hmm. his first year in the NFL. The reason I'd say no to that really is because, like I said, Marquise Wilson keeps getting hurt. He's never reliable out there. Eddie Royal, the guy we brought in to be like that number three option, mm-hmm. he wasn't very you know reliable. He was getting hurt as well. You don't have Martellus Bennett anymore. Zach Miller's your number one also for at has, least this year. Also injury issues. So you have a lot of guys out there who might, you know, there's no guarantee they're going to be there for, mm-hmm. for 16 games. And then I'm also looking to the future of eventually Chicago is going to have a young quarterback because Ryan Hoyer's not the guy who's going to do it. Jay Cutler's old. He's at the end of his career. Eventually, we're going to have a young quarterback coming in, 
I want to have some good targets for him to throw the ball to. I don't want to have to go through Blake Bortles for a few years of he's bad, he's bad, he's bad. Oh, now that we gave him some options, he's good. When he's got the two Robinsons. Exactly. Or the two Allens out there. When you give a, quarter, a young quarterback options, suddenly mm-hmm. he looks great. I don't want to be the situation where this young quarterback doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to. Because that's just going to be a recipe for disaster, recipe for continuing to draft quarterbacks, mm-hmm. much like the Cleveland Browns. I don't want to be involved with that. And that's another thing. You bring up Jay Cutler. The thing that we got to look at from his aspect is you guys don't have – we talked about – I mentioned some of the losses you had as players, but mm-hmm. Adam Geis, it, Geis, Geis, however you say it, I'm not a Bears fan. I don't know how to do these things. Adam Geis, I believe it is, he's now in Miami. So you have a new – a new offensive coordinator, and you got um, Loggins that's now in there, Dowell Loggins, who is now the offensive coordinator. And, I mean, I'm hearing things like, okay, this is going to be a good relationship between him and Jay because the way it was described today on, I can't remember, I think it was the beat writer for ESPN um, for the Chicago Bears was on Waddle and Sylvie. And the way he described it was it's kind of going to be a relationship that Jay Cutler and Mike Martz had, except Jay Cutler isn't going to hate Loggins like he hated Mike Martz. It's going to be one of those things where these guys are comfortable with each other, where Loggins won't be afraid to call out Jay. Jay won't be afraid to call out Loggins or anybody on the offense. And I hear that and I go, okay, I don't know how I feel about a quarterback calling out a coach, but at the same time, if this works for Jay, it could be a happy marriage. Yeah, I think they're trying to get that relationship that a guy like Bill Belichick has with a Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not an offense coordinator there, but they want to get that kind of coach. Or like a Coach you know, Daniels. Yeah, yeah. You want to have some synergy between your coach and mm-hmm. your uh, and your, your quarterback here. So you want them to have that great relationship. And Jay, Jay has this history with him already. They've already established that. So it's good, and it's we're not building anything new. It's the same system we used last year offensively with minor tweaks here and there. Nothing's going to be different. They're going to be treating Jay Cutler the exact same way. I really don't see much changing. I see more of what we saw last year, mm-hmm. conservative play. It might be a little bit more oriented towards the past just mm-hmm. because Matt Forte's not there, uh, and Alshon Jeffrey and Kevin White hopefully will be there. But I Hopefully definitely, we'll be there. yeah, I definitely don't think it's going to be much anything different than what we saw before. Well, and it's like the quote that Jay said earlier today, Tuesday, as we're recording this podcast. He said he's not afraid. He being Loggins, he's not afraid to tell me when I'm completely wrong, and l- rightfully so. I like to tell him whenever I think we're not doing things right or we need to change things. End quote. And to me, this. This season for the Bears, kind of in a nutshell, before we kind of move on to the factory of sadness in the NFC North, we talked about the real one last week. Mm-hmm. We're getting to the one in the this NFC the satellite North, plant. The satellite plant. But the way I see this Bears team is the defense is going to be phenomenal. The defense is going to carry this team. It's just going to be how can the offense perform? Is the offense going to be bad? And you don't make the playoffs. Decent, and you make the playoffs because you got a defense, defense got that got you, got you there. there. And then, or could it be great, and this team goes far into the playoffs because not only do they have a great defense, but the offense played great. Yeah, if they if this defense, which currently is the 
most undervalued defense right now. But I think people are catching on to it. Mm-hmm. People are definitely catching on to the Chicago Bears. Uh, but right now it's kind of a very underrated defense because of that linebacking group that we have. People aren't quite getting the giving them the credit. The pass rushers are there now. They're going to get this team pretty far. I mean, they're going to get this team pretty far on their own. All Jay Cutler has to do is what he did last year, but with better options, with better weapons. Because the Chicago Bears were right there in so many games. So many games they could have turned it around. They could have won. They just needed that playmaker there to make it happen. And that's what Jay Cutler needs. That's what he has Kevin White and Alshon Jeffrey there for. If that works, if those guys are you know right on it, they're in sync, this team will surprise a lot of people. I just keep saying John Fox likes to take his teams to the Super Bowl in the second year. Super Bowl Super Bears, I don't know. I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm just putting out there that things happen sometimes. You gotta have some confidence in your team, right? Hey, Chicago yep. Bears fans always have confidence. Until something doesn't go right. And, and then, then everyone just, tries to get Jay Cutler out of town. Yeah, that that's basically what happens. But we're gonna move on to the Lions now. They finished third in the division last year, right in front of the Chicago Bears, and kind of going through the free agent tracker on ESPN, how the offseason has fared for the Lions. Some of the key losses is you've got the safety, Abdullah Quadis. He's now in Miami. Manny Ramirez, we didn't mention him. He is now with the Chicago Bears. And we've got Travis Lewis, who is now with my Minnesota Vikings. You can also throw in the— Although Ramirez is done. He's, he's he's retired, I believe. He's one of the things where he did go to the Bear, but point is he's not mm. with the Lions anymore. And then their big free agent signings have been, you've got Jeff Schwartz, he got cut by the Giants, picked up by the Lions, Stephen Charles, the defensive tackle coming in from Buffalo, and the biggest being Marvin Jones, the wide receiver. I'm also going to throw in Stephen Ridley, who comes over from the Jets. And the way I see this, this Lions team is there's one big thing I did not mention in that free agency kind of rundown, and it's because it wasn't a free agent move. The big thing the Lions have to deal with this year is they got to move on from Calvin Johnson because he retired this offseason. He's mm-hmm. not going to be in a Detroit uniform. And that's and a hard thing to move on from. It's one of those things where it's like you had the best wide re- You had arguably the best wide receiver in the game. For and now years. he's not. For years you had him. And now you don't have much going on. I mean, obviously Golden Tate did well. Golden Tate did well, though, because he was opposite Calvin Johnson. But now he's the number one. Yeah, and Golden Tate's not a number one option. I'm sorry, he's just not. Uh, so it's going to be interesting for, for Detroit. They have a they have a decent team. There's not really anything that's glaringly wrong with this team. They made a lot of draft picks and a lot of pretty good draft picks as well. But they just don't this is a team that was used to having that explosive weapon. Calvin Johnson saved this team so many times. And now it's not there. And Matthew Stafford has been looking like, you know, he's he was the beneficiary of Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson was not the beneficiary mm-hmm. of Matthew Stafford. So Without that weapon there, I don't know. Matthew Stafford's not looking like the like he's going to have that great of a season. Well, and they're kind of, and I say they as the Lions, they're kind of looking at this, and based off their moves, it's, to me, a hard reaction to that, that retirement from Calvin Johnson. Because, I mean, I look at their draft, 
and they didn't draft any wide receivers. But if you look at free agency, they got Marvin Jones to come in, who, to me, I'm sitting there going, okay, was can he be as good in Detroit as he was in Cincinnati, or was he only as good in Cincinnati because he had the Wolverine Hugh Jackson as his offensive coordinator and Andy Dalton as his quarterback? Also, you have A.J. Green on one side of the field. That's going to take some attention off of you each game, but they also go out and sign Andre Roberts, and as of today, they hosted Anquan Bolden, and could bring Bolden in. But Anquan Bolden's just been moving around from place to place lately. But he could be a stopgap for this year. I'm not saying he's going to be anything great, but he's a mm, veteran presence just, just something for a year. There. I really do wonder if this will be the first time Matthew Stafford has played 16 games and will be under 4,000 yards. Just because I, he doesn't have Calvin Johnson. I mean, mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson's the number one target. He doesn't have anyone as reliable as that. He's got these improved defenses that he's facing now in his own division. Bears, Vikings. I mean, the Packers are going to be the easiest division he faces. Defense, yeah. Defense, that's what I meant. Uh, So, I don't know. It's just going to be interesting to see. I'm very interested to see what he does this year. Just because I really expected the Detroit Lions to try and get a replacement for Calvin Johnson Mm -hmm. in the draft. It didn't happen, which isn't a bad thing because they had a lot of areas that needed some help. I think it came down to also is... They took Taylor Decker, number one. They could have taken Laquan Treadwell. Yeah. Uh, he was the guy I thought if he was there, Lions take him. It made him. sense. Lions take him, make him the next. I didn't mean to run there, but make him the next Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm happy that that didn't happen because now he's wearing the purple and gold for my team. But, yeah, it, they thought of no matter what, they did the right thing with that first overall pick. Because it's either let's give Stafford a weapon or protect him. Yeah. And they chose to protect him. And they did a lot. I mean, they, they also drafted a center. Uh, later on in the draft, they mm-hmm. went for a guard, too. So they, they're definitely trying to get some some depth there. They're trying to bolster up that line, which needs help. Matthew Stafford needs the support there. It's just gonna, it's You can't ignore how big of an effect losing mm-hmm. the best wide receiver in the game, if not the second best if you some people want to put someone else like OBJ over him. I just don't think it's going to be a good... This is not going to be a good year for the Lions. Not because... It's not like usual when I think, oh, well, the Lions suck. They're not going to go anywhere. It's just going to be... I don't think this team got good enough this offseason to compete with the division champion Vikings. The Packers, who now get Jordy Nelson back, and the Bears, who look like... They're improving overnight. Oh, for sure. This was a team that really kind of turned it on late in the season last mm-hmm. year. At the beginning, they did not do very well at all. Uh, so I, I don't really know. I don't know if that's going to be something that kind of continues. I don't know if that was saying that there's a locker room issue that got fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, they did play hard teams. They did play the Denver Broncos, the Seattle Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals last year, all in that stretch. So they played difficult teams. But it'll be interesting to see what happened. They definitely let up quite a you know quite a large amount of points defensively last year. They let teams walk pretty much you know pretty much all over them, giving up an average of twenty two last year. I mean, I'm sorry, an average of twenty five last year. Not very good. You're not excited about that. But they definitely tried hard to replace some of those things. And I mean, they've got. I'm looking at their schedule right now. 
they've got some tough stretches. The whole and, NFC North is tough. Well, and the way I see it is there's two stretches I'm looking at. Number one, week seven through week nine, you got to play at home the Redskins, who the Redskins could be a good team this year, even though I think Kirk Cousins isn't for real. Then in week eight, you're playing at Houston, who's going to be a better team with Brock the Cock and Lamar Miller in the backfield. Then week nine, you go to Minnesota. Then if we jump 14 through 17, home against Chicago, at the Giants, at the Cowboys, and then home against the Packers. Those two divisional games are going to be tough because it's the Bears and the Packers, and then you got to play the Cowboys who, yes, they've got to stay healthy for it to be a tough game. But this should be a good team. And the Giants, both of which, like the Giants, I would give the the Lions the edge early on. But the on Giants are going to be the real test of how how's that defense improved. But you got to play them in the Meadowlands. That's yeah. my thing. And this is, you know, Ben McAdoo's team mm-hmm. is going to be almost like the run and shoot kind of you know, air attack kind of college team out there. They're just going to throw the ball all over you because that's what they did really well last year. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason why they're going to stop doing that. So that's going to, unfortunately, it's late in the season. You'd like to see them get tested early. But that's going to be a really strong test at how has this team improved defensively because that's something that they needed to do. And the one thing I also don't like if I'm a Lions fan is of your first four games, three of which are on the road, two against the Bears and the Packers. Your home game is against Tennessee. You could probably win that game. But you got to start the year off in Indy where Andrew Luck is going to be healthy for that one. Yeah. Having, Unless he gets injured in the preseason, which I hope he doesn't. I, I Do you think Andrew Luck has to turn it around? Mm-hmm. You think he's got to get back to normal? Um, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting, too. I mentioned how last season the Detroit Lions had that slow start. Mm-hmm. With all the changes that they had in various coaching positions and front office positions in January, it's interesting to see if that takes a little bit of time to gel once again. And unfortunately, we were just talking about the schedule, but unfortunately for the Lions, if they get off to a slow start, it doesn't get better. You know, the season doesn't get easier. It mm-hmm. gets only more difficult from there. You could you would say the arguably easier games all happen in October. And that's not you know, that's not something you want to rely on if you had a team that had a late start and had a lot of changes this year. And this goes for all the schedules. For the NFC North this year, how their schedule is constructed is you have to play your division. Of course you do. But the AFC division that every single NFC North team has to play is the AFC South. So that means every single team, the Bears, Lions, Packers, and Vikings, are going to see Colts, Titans, Jags, and Texans, which is tough enough because the Jags are improved, the Titans are a little bit improved, and then you got the two top guys in the Colts and the Texans, but then you also have to play the NFC East where, yeah, the Eagles could be an easy game this year. Redskins were hot last year. Cowboys are going to be healthy this year, and we'll see what the Giants can do with McAdoo as the head coach. I really look at this schedule, and the only thing, not not to get too far in the schedule, but the only games I see that are like easier games. The Rams. The Rams. That's literally <laughs> the only it's a easier home game. game. Yeah, that's the only game where I sit there and go, all right, feel pretty good about that one. <laughs> Everything else, I'm like, ah, it's at least a toss-up. You know, we're a game like the Titans. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to give the Lions the edge against the Titans most likely, but it's still a toss-up. 
Still a toss-up for sure. Yeah, it's one of those things where, I mean, Lion fans, I, I don't want to feel like I'm just ragging on your team. I'm not saying you guys are going to go 0-16 again. Oh, we, we don't want to hear that. I mean, Sean in uh, the opening to his Lions preview kind of talked about how depressed he was when the 0-16 season happened with uh, being the Lions fan. Oh, it was great. The Lions fan that he was acting like he was. Oh, it's it's a great opening. You got to go check out his Lions preview. And it was great for you and me only because we're Bear and Viking fans. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful when the Detroit Lions go 0-16. If they could do it again, I'd be thrilled. But we're going to move now. Let's go to the Packers. And the big thing about the Packers is it doesn't matter what they did in the offseason. I mean, yeah, you lose Casey Hayward. He's your, your biggest one. Him, John Kuhn, and Don Barclay are the big three like guys who are not there anymore. Jared Cook, you bring him over from the Rams, but the biggest addition to this team, Jordy Nelson. Oh, yeah. I mean, getting him back is a huge relief because really for the Green Bay Packers, that's what was wrong with the team. It was not a bad team last year at all. I mean, the defense can be better, but the defense can almost always be better with the the Green Bay Packers. That's not the way they're built. The problem that they had and what they struggled with was Aaron Rodgers didn't have the guy to throw the ball to. That's He had some guy who they just got mm-hmm. lucky that came on right, but he didn't Talking have— Talking about James Jones and yeah, Randall Cobb? They, well, and Randall Cobb's going to benefit a ton by going back to being the number two guy. Because Jordy Nelson's going to get all the double teams. Yeah, because Randall Cobb getting double teams is not the guy who's going to win those no. battles. Jordy Nelson, he's the guy who's going to win those battles. So simply having the Green Bay Packers get Jordy Nelson back, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're Super Bowl contenders again. It's just having one guy come back from injury, and all of a sudden See, they're there. And I was I was going to ask you that. The one thing that I've noticed, and this is uh, what video of ours was it? I want to say it was our our Can the Vikings Win Super Bowl Lee video. Yeah. Um, there was a ton of people in the comment section, mainly Vikings fans, and I they kind of made me feel like, wow, I should have more confidence in my team to win this division after winning it last year. But a lot of them feel like just because the Packers are getting Jordy Nelson back doesn't mean they're now, okay, we got Jordy back, we're a lock for the division, Mm -hmm. which I kind of made it seem in that video where you get Jordy back, okay, you're now the division winner again. Yeah. I I don't know. It's going to be tough. It probably the the division pretty much is going to come down to the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears could be in there though. I think the Bears are going to play the upset, the dark horse. Yeah, they're going to play the. They're going to surprise one of these teams mm-hmm. and upset them. Uh, the Chicago Bears might be the reason why the other team wins the division. Really, uh, you're but, saying like the Bears maybe play up the Packers for a rivalry game, beat them, and then help the Vikings win the yeah, division. Yeah, and because they did that, now the Vikings get in. Whether Chicago steals a wild card spot or something, or knocks Green Bay out of the wild card, who mm-hmm. knows? But I, I definitely see they can play the upset here. Now, for the Green Bay Packers, people are under this weird impression that Aaron Rodgers is on the decline right now. And that's strange. He just lost out on his you know, See, his number one wide receiver I there. I don't think he's on the decline. But pe- that's the kind of like rhetoric that people are talking mm-hmm. about that, oh, the Packers aren't going to be as good. You know, The Vikings got this locked up because Aaron Rodgers, did you see him last year? He wasn't that great. All of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers is some scrub that we're talking about or some washed up vet. Last year was just kind of a surprise. It really was. 
I mean, the guy was under, he was under 4,000 yards. That's very, I don't want to say it's very rare because it has happened before for Aaron Rodgers, but usually when it happens, it's because of injury. So I think that's the first time he's played all 16 games and been under 4,000 yards. But he didn't have Jordy Nelson. He didn't have anybody to throw the ball Mm -hmm. to. There was nobody reliable out there. Maybe it's just because I'm a Chicago Bears fan and I can sympathize with this. But when you got when your quarterback, even as good as Aaron Rodgers is, has nobody to throw the ball to, it doesn't work out. This is actually proving my point that I always say to the the Jay Cutler haters of, you put Aaron Rodgers behind that shitty-ass line that we had for like five years, he's going to fail too. Well, and I'm going to throw something out here. This was June 7th, so last week. During my work day, if I'm sitting at my desk at work, I've usually, while I'm doing work in my left ear, depending on what time of day it is, I have one of three things in my ear. If it's between the times of 8.30 and 11 central time, I have the Dan Patrick show in my ear. If it's between 11 and 2, I usually have Cow and Cowherd in my ear. And if it's from 2 p.m. to 4.30 when I get off, I have Waddle and Sylvie in my ear. Just a little bit of what you guys know I already listened to. And June 7th was the day he talked about this. Cowherd actually said on his show and went into length about it. I'll leave the YouTube video down in the description for you guys to watch it and then come back to the discussion. Is He talked about how people are afraid to criticize Aaron Rodgers. And it made me think... Huh. We kind of are. And the reason why is you look at Aaron Rodgers, what has he done? One Super Bowl? Yeah, he may be one of the best fantasy options for you to take at the quarterback position, but would you really like would you really take him and I had this discussion with Sean Anderson and got him angry at this, and I'm going to propose it to you. All right. Would you take Aaron Rodgers? Over Tom Brady and Cam Newton. Over Cam Newton, yes. Yes, I would. Uh, Tom Brady, I think it depends on what the rest of my team looks like. Because Aaron Rodgers can single-handedly carry the team. And he does that. He does that consistently. I really think that Tom Brady benefits quite a bit from Bill Belichick. Now, I think Bill Belichick benefits quite a bit from Tom Brady, too. I think Tom Brady has the mental makeup, though, that you want as a quarterback as well. He does. But Aaron Rodgers just has that, I'm fucking good. I know I'm fucking good, and I know I'm better than everybody else. And kind this of is a cockiness why. to him is what you're saying. He's cocky as shit. But he's that cocky guy who you hate because he's right. Mm-hmm. He is better than you are. He is a better quarterback than your quarterback. However, he does hang on to the ball sometimes too long. He does. He also has he also has the unfortunate head coach there who sucks and Mike McCarthy and couldn't he he got the play calling <laughs> taken away from him only to have it given back reluctantly. Uh, he always fucks up his challenges. Aaron Rodgers honestly is really hampered by or kind so of hindered say- by being on the Green so Bay Packers. So what you're saying is he's playing with the odds stacked against him and he's and still, still putting succeeding. up good numbers because we really see. The unfortunate thing for Aaron Rodgers is we see this happen in the playoffs where mm-hmm. they get there and the weaknesses of the Green Bay Packers organization start to get revealed. And it gets revealed that really the team is just Aaron Rodgers with, you know, with 20 other guys on his back, essentially. 
or 21 other guys on the back, whatever, trying to get in there and trying to win. He is carrying everybody. Do you imagine how deadly Aaron Rodgers would be on the New England Patriots, on the Seattle Seahawks, on last year's Denver Broncos? He would win every year. And by he, I mean the team, of course. If Aaron Rodgers... And, you know, Green Bay Packers fans are probably pissed off at me because I do all, you know, people always undervalue the actual team that Mm -hmm. is the Green Bay Packers. But Aaron Rodgers is the single best quarterback in the NFL when it comes to just pure talent. The only guy who might give him a run for his money is Andrew Luck. Only guy on pure talent that might give him the run for his money. But he just doesn't always have that team around him that some of these other guys have. If he had one of those... It'd be an absolute dynasty. I would hate my life because the Green Bay Packers would consistently win the Super Bowl. And I already hated seeing it, you know, all a few years ago when he unfortunately managed to beat the the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was actually going to throw throw that out there is I'm going to throw this statement out there and have you run with it. You can say and like Packer fans are probably sitting there. He's won a Super Bowl. He did. He's won a Super Bowl. However, and yes, you're going to hear this out of my mouth because we all know how I feel about the man Jay Cutler, but if Cutler doesn't get injured, does Rodgers win that Super Bowl? Probably not because he doesn't get past the Bears. I don't know. I'm not saying the Bears would have beat the Steelers, but if Jay doesn't get injured, that game's completely different and the Bears probably win that at home. It's possible. It definitely is possible. But the Chicago Bears also lost to the Green Bay Packers in Week 16 of that season, or Week 17 of that season. The Bears are the reason why the Packers were there initially. So it's hard to say that because it is they did just prove that they lost. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to remember right now. I believe Mike Marks was still there for yes. the Chicago Bears at that point. Uh, that was the one where Jay Cutler was on the bike. Yeah, people got really mad bike. that he was on the bike. Um, <laughs> we're really fucking pissed that this guy's on a bike. Uh, it's like when I'm in, you know, I'm in Chicago driving down the street, and there's a bike guy right next to me, and I'm like, get on the fucking street. Uh, that's how <laughs> get on the sidewalk. Well, don't get on the sidewalk because you can't do that either when you're in the city. But there's a bike lane. Yeah, stay in the damn bike lane. Sorry, I'm from the suburbs. I I only know about I'm get really off, get off my lawn, man. Yeah, if you can't tell, guys on bikes really piss people <laughs> off. Uh, so yeah, everyone was really mad at Jay Cutler for that one. But yeah, I mean, the Chicago Bears definitely would have gave the Green Bay Packers more of a run for their money, but it was a rough start for the Bears, so I don't want to give them that game. Aaron Rodgers, like I said, he's obviously, he's the best, most talented quarterback in the NFL. He's what makes the Green Bay Packers go. Exactly. The he's Green a, Bay Packers have good parts. They don't have they a good do, defense. But they are not a complete team in the way that some of these other teams have been that we've been seeing. Teams that have been a complete team, the Denver Broncos. That's mm-hmm. why they won. They carried their quarterback in there. You know, the uh, the New England Patriots always perform better than the actual players on that roster are. It just it just scares me to think about what would happen if Aaron Rodgers was on a better team. What about one of the last things I'll ask you about the Packers? Looking at their defense, because we talked about Aaron Rodgers enough. Looking at their defense, Clay Matthews is now going to move back out to the outside, I believe, is this going to make their defense any better? Because the way I see it, this is going to be the Achilles heel for this team is their defense. However, the good thing for them is the Lions offense probably isn't going to be 
anything to give them trouble because Megatron's not there anymore and the Lions are just going to be figuring out what to do at the wide receiver position. The Bears might be able to give them a run for their money. And the Vikings, I mean, the thing about the Vikings is I think they're going to be a good team, but Teddy Bridgewater at the moment probably isn't the guy that strikes fear into the defense. So although this defense may be weak, are they going to be better with Matthews on the outside, and can they be good enough to be good for this team? I do want to say one thing for the Green Bay Packers uh, defense is they're not really as bad as we were making them they're seem just last average. year. Yeah, they're, they're very bland. middle of the pack. They're vanilla. So I don't necessarily know that one change like this is really going to make them that much better. Uh, I think it it's, probably makes them more solid in being, yeah, being vanilla. Exactly. I think it would make them. You know, they're still not going to be a top ten defense. Uh, it's like you're adding a they little might be cocoa just into your vanilla. Yeah, I, the uh, their ranking last year in just total defense was 15. Mm-hmm. So, like we're saying, just straight, basically middle of the pack. They might move up to like 13 or something like that. You know, they might move up a little bit when it comes to just total, you know, defensive rankings. I don't think it really does that much for them. The Green Bay Packers, unfortunately, I mean. I don't necessarily want to say, unfortunately. They don't make very many moves in the offseason. They pretty much go all by draft. They did draft a defensive tackle in the first round, mm-hmm. hoping that that's going to help. But then, uh, you know, get, got a couple linebackers too, so they're going for that depth. They got to be better. I just don't think it's going to be a huge splash that's making them better. No, I think that this defense, they're going to, all they have to do, is contain the Lions, compete with the Bears, and then hope that Teddy Bridgewater doesn't make too much of a step forward to be that much dominant over you. I think this defense can help them to at least split over the Vikings and the Bears and help them win both games against the Lions in the end. But let's move on to the division winners. My Skull Vikings, the Purple People Eaters, are back because... The defense led this team last year with, oh, we should have been in the divisional round, but I'm not going to talk about that because it Don't was one places. play. Don't and places. like Mike Zimmer's been telling this team, last year is last year, baby. We are on to 2016. And just going over some of the free agent moves, the biggest loss for this team is Mike Wallace. Who cares? Get out of town. You also have Robert Blanton, which would be another one, which whatever. It's a loss that we can handle. Some of the guys coming in, Michael Griffin from Tennessee. We got Alex Boone, the guard coming in from the 49ers. Travis Lewis, linebacker from Detroit. I think we hit some home runs in the draft. We got arguably to me the wide receiver I wanted, the best guy I liked in Laquan Treadwell. We get a first-round caliber talent in the second round in Mackenzie Alexander, And then we get Kendrell Brothers in the fifth round, a guy that I had going as early as the third, but maybe into the fourth. And this team, this Vikings team, coming in, maybe it's because I'm a Vikings fan, Mark, but this is the team to beat in this division. Like, we should have the confidence coming in from winning the division last year. We should have this defense should be ready to go. Harrison Smith got a new contract. That's basically going to set the bar for contracts for safeties. The only thing, the only thing that's going to hinge on this season being a success or not a success 
is Teddy Bridgewater. Can you make the improvements needed in year three to get this team over the edge? We got to the playoffs last year. Now we need to make our run. It's kind of like the way I see it is kind of like, oh, I can't remember where I heard it, but I heard it about your Bears. I think it was Tom Waddle said this, where he goes, this season is just going to be that season of, okay, just see what we got, and then it's next year. 2017 is the year where Bears Super Bowl. You can honestly start mm-hmm. talking about it. This is that year. This is that 2017 for the Vikings. We got here last year. Now let's make a run in the playoffs to where we could maybe go to Super Bowl League. We just need to see if Teddy Teddy Two Gloves is going to be the real deal. Bridge over troubled waters, man. He doesn't need to be amazing because Adrian Peterson exists. Mm-hmm. You had one of the best rushing attacks. You had one of the better defenses. The thing that hurt you was having one of the worst passing attacks. Literally, like the second worst passing attack. You get a guy like Laquan Treadwell out there. That helps. All of a sudden, you get a guy like this Bo is a lot Ringer better. too. Bo Ringer helps too. Yeah, exactly. You get uh, you get your weapons for for Teddy Bridgewater to throw the ball to. Adrian Peterson's still there, so people are still scared of what you can do running the ball. That's just going to make the guy look so much better. Mm-hmm. As long as he doesn't mess it up, you know, Teddy Bridgewater has to just not fuck up. And there's no reason why the Minnesota Vikings aren't walking their way. Well, you know, walking away with the division, but walking their way towards a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. probably getting stopped right at the uh, the AFC or NFC Championship game. You know, by I, who? Ricky, let's not let's not by give who? let's not give who it all you, away. Like, and here's the thing that I think, and we're gonna get through all these divisions. Uh-huh. But th- another thing that makes this year kind of like the Vikings year is. I look at the NFC East, and I know we'll get to them. The East is actually the last two divisions we're hitting this year, but the Cowboys, they're the team to beat in that division for me as of right now. I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be as good as he was last year. Money talks. He's going to be all that's going to his head. The Giants are going to be better. The Eagles are going to suck. The South is going to be basically maybe the Panthers again, maybe the Saints. The Seahawks have taken a step back with losing beast mode. This is a team where all we have to do is improve the passing game because you talked about us being one of the worst passing offenses in the league. How bad were we? We averaged 183 passing yards a game, which was 31st. And do you know the only team that averaged less passing yards than us? I don't, but it's going to be funny. Los Angeles. Well, St. Louis at the time. Who just drafted, you know, the best and they had one Option. and they had 175. The team that was just above us in Kansas City was averaging 203. They had a good 20 more yards per game passing than us. And I look at the touchdowns for last season through the air, only 14. The team right behind us, the only team behind us, LA. The one good thing though for the Vikings were our interception numbers. Only had nine interceptions, which was tied for third. Yeah, Teddy plays smart ball. He does. The thing for the thing that you got to really look out for your number one contenders here are the Dallas Cowboys because that's probably and the, we got to play them this. season. That's probably the most complete team 
Besides when this, they're healthy, yeah, when they're healthy. Besides the next team, I'm going to mention the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, we got to play them too. We should have beat them though last year. So I'm not too. I'm not too like. Oh, mm. I'm not too concerned about the Cardinals because we should have beat them last year. Props to Dwight Freeney for making a play on Teddy Two Gloves. We should have beat them last year, and that was in Arizona. We got them at home this year, a brand new stadium too. So I'm not super worried, but it's a tough game. It is a very tough game for sure. It's gonna be it's gonna be difficult for the Minnesota Vikings. And I think the thing that really makes the difference, Minnesota Vikings, yes, they got to the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. but they don't have the same level of experience in these bigger games as like the Arizona Cardinals, who have been there year after year after year and just got humiliated in the NFC championship game. So they've got a point to prove. It almost reminds me of the 85 Chicago Bears, because we're talking about the NFC North, before they went ahead and Super Bowl shuffled their way to their only Super Bowl victory, mm-hmm. they got humiliated in the playoffs. They, and that's the big reason why everybody loves to talk about the fridge. You know, the big play with the fridge where he's the running back and he powers his way into the end zone because he weighs 300-some pounds. Well, they got that idea from the 49ers the exactly. year before. The only reason that play exists is because the 49ers used it on them the, the year, year before. before. The Arizona Cardinals just got humiliated mm-hmm. in the championship game. I think they're coming back for vengeance. Oh, they are. And But the one thing I think of is me as a team, okay— we almost beat them, and it was a close game. It was so close, it came down to the last play for them to beat us. We could beat them at home. This new, like, the way I see it. Well, the, during the season, sure, but I mean, it, I'm saying, we're talking about in the end. I'm saying in the season, that week 11 game. And if we can if we can beat them and get a good enough record, odds are that playoff game, if that playoff game is in the new stadium, game over. Cardinals are not beating us in the new stadium. I I will go on a limb and say, and I'm looking at these home games. You got Green Bay, Houston, Detroit, Arizona, Dallas, Indy, and Chicago. I would say there's a 65-70% chance Vikings go 8-0 at home. Just because new stadium supercharged. Oh, I forgot the Giants. They're at home too. Supercharged and it's boom. 8-0 at home. We're not losing in the new stadium. I'm almost at that point. However, realistic, Ricky's going to take over for a second. Week 10 to week 17 scares the utter living crap out of me. Mm -hmm. Because Washington, Arizona, Dallas, uh, Indy, Green Bay, Chicago, those are the tough games. The only easy games, Detroit and maybe Jacksonville. However, those games may not be as easy as I thought because both of those are on the road. So For sure. we we it's gotta, difficult. We've got to do well early on. You don't want to back into the playoffs. No, we can't. We can't. Absolutely cannot. I think the biggest thing for the Minnesota Vikings, yes, this defense is there. Yes, the passing attack is going to be improved. But as always, it's going to come down to Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson has to lead his team. Because the defense will be there. The defense will always set the offense up. But Teddy Bridgewater has not showed us yet that he is that guy. He's shown little flashes here and there, mm-hmm. uh, but so far he's mostly shown that he is just a reliable, not mess it up mm-hmm. kind of guy. Adrian Peterson's where it's at. Minnesota Vikings—they're definitely, they're definitely in the talk, in the talks for the Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't want to say who's going in yet, 
but they're in they're in the conversation. Okay, we're not gonna give predictions for any Super Bowls yet because it's fucking June. Like I'm not making Super Bowl predictions in June. However, the one thing I do want to talk about to just end this podcast, give it a nice clean finish. Give it a nice kibosh for the North Division in the NFC. The last North Division in the NFL that we'll be touching before we go on to I believe we're going on to the AFC South next week and we will touch both of the South divisions in the next two weeks. But to end this podcast, Mark, I'll start with you because there's no one else here for me to throw it to Mm -hmm. right now. And I throw out the disclaimer that this could change because of injuries. But as of right now, how are you feeling about this division? Who would you put your money on to win the division this year? This is where I would put it. It's going to come pretty tough. The Detroit Lions are going to be a below 500 team. Not a chance. The Chicago Bears are going to be there, and they're going to make some some splashes. Wild they're going card. to cause some effects. Wild card. I'm not going to put them in the wild card. Putting them in. I'm putting somebody else in there. Put that pen The thing to paper. that I think that the Chicago Bears are going to do, and I referenced it earlier, I think they're going to be the reason one of these two teams, the next two teams, mm-hmm. wins the division. I think the Chicago Bears are going to sweep the Packers this year. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. And because of that, because <laughs> I know where that's leading to, that's going to lead to like a 12 and four Vikings and a 10 and six Packers or something like that. I'll take 12 wins. I'm not saying those are the exact win numbers. I would have to go through and really I look at everything. I, but I'll but take 12 wins. That's, if that's what, what I'm you're going to give me. Yeah, the Packers are going to be the wild card spot, which mm-hmm. actually for the Packers is better. That's when they won a Super Bowl. Uh, then the Minnesota Vikings are going to get in there. And it's not all because of the Chicago Bears, but the Chicago Bears are going to probably take credit for not letting the Packers win the division. I've said this before, and now I can... I've been waiting for this division in particular because if you've been listening to the onside kick for a while, you know where I'm going with this. If you're new to it, don't worry. Not everyone's in the same room as me. Because I kind of changed it last second. I've said it, and I'm going to say it again. This is where I'm making my official pick. The NFC North will have three teams make the playoffs this season. The Vikings, the Packers, and the Bears will all be playoff bound. I already said the Bears. You're going to be, Bears fans, you're going to be the sixth seed. You're going to be that second wild card team playing on the road in the wild card weekend. You may lose that first weekend, but you will be in the playoffs just like my Vikings looking for a Super Bowl in 2017. Here's my big change. Do you remember who I said the other wild card team was going to be the last time I said this, Mark? I believe it would have been the Packers. It was not the Packers. It was the Vikings. However, I am making a change the Packers are going to be the other wild card team, and the Vikings are going to win the division. The way I see it is this is how it's going to go down. Week 17, it's going to be Bears-Vikings, and it's going to be either the Bears Bears beat the Vikings and the Packers win the division, or the Vikings beat the Bears and the Vikings win the division. Vikings are going to beat the Bears week 17. Bears are still going to be in the playoffs, but Vikings win the division week 17 
like they did last year, and it's going to be a bear win. I'll piggyback off you. It'll be a bear win off of a Green Bay team earlier that put this whole situation mm-hmm. into movement. That'd be a pretty, Vikings win the division. That'd be a pretty meaningless game for the Chicago Bears in that case. Well, They're in either way. You'd want to lose because then the Packers don't win the division. Right? It'd be pretty like, <laughs> yeah, let the scrubs play. Let's see what that new that new guy we got from whatever team that we cut Matt Blanchard for. Let's see what that quarterback's Wisconsin got. Whitewater? That's where Blanchard's from. Blanchard's gone. I know. They got rid of him again. You're talking about David Fales? San no, Jose no, State? no. Uh, what, let's look it up because it's important. The <laughs> Chicago Bears just signed some guy. I think his last name starts with a W. Uh, some quarterback. That's, they cut him for uh, Dylan Williams? Never heard of him. Nobody has. That's the fun part. He was from some... Dartmouth. Sp- yeah. Ivy League. Yeah. So, hey, maybe he'll be the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. Hey, Not maybe. good until randomly he gets put on the New York Jets. Maybe. Maybe he can be the uh, the next uh, Fitz And then manager. hold out. But I will say, and this is me officially saying it, NFC North three playoff teams. It's gonna be This is going to be the best division in all of football because the Vikings, Bears, and Packers are going to just slug it out and they are going to make the playoffs and all be rewarded for it. The NFC should be really interesting this year. You're talking sure. the NFC as a whole, though. Oh, as a whole. East is better than we expect. Mm-hmm. North is going to be really good. The West is kind of taking a step back, West except is, for the Cardinals. It is taking a step back. And then the South, mm, the South is kind of a mystery. And we'll get to that South. Is Next week, we're going to hit the AFC South and then the NFC South after that. I want to thank you guys for checking out, listening to this podcast today. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hit the follow button and repost on SoundCloud to make sure you're up to date with all of our happenings here at MVP. However, another thing you can do is just check out mostvaluablepodcast.com for all your, everything gets funneled into there. So you can just check that out every day, see what we're posting every day. You can go follow us on Twitter. I'm at Ricky Widmer. Mark is at the with two E's, dub them E's. Mark Weber, Most Valuable Podcast is at most valuable pod. We will see you guys. We'll actually talk to you guys next week when we look at the AFC South. Make sure to click the link down below to vote for your team. We're doing predictions in August, and whoever's got the most votes is going to be the first one on the pecking order. Check us out on Patreon as well, page in the description. Thank you guys for checking out this podcast, and have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.